Hello, Abiding Together podcast listeners. This is Michelle, and I'm here to tell you about this week's podcast sponsor. It is SoulCore. And SoulCore is a beautiful apostolate that helps us truly live the scripture that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. SoulCore integrates the prayers of the rosary with core strengthening, stretching, and functional movements, inviting the participants to nourish their body and soul and encourage deeper reflections on the virtues. It is a sensory experience. Classes incorporate scripture and sacred art and music and candlelight and movements. Live classes are offered across the country in the United States, as well as digital offerings on DVD, download, and online streaming studio. You can check SoulCore out at soulcore.com to learn more or sign up for online streaming classes, a 14-day free trial, or simply shop the Soul Core classes. And as a special gift to our Abiding Together listeners, our listeners will receive a 20% discount in the Soul Core online shop through April 30th. You can enter the promo code ABIDE20 at checkout. So visit soulcore.com today to discover the beauty and transforming power of the rosary in body and soul. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and all that the Lord is doing in our lives. You hear us laugh, you hear us cry, you hear us share very vulnerably, and you hear us talk about the things that we're still learning along the way, and you're most welcome to join us. You can find out all of our information on our podcast episodes on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. We hope that you enjoyed our Lenten series on St. Elizabeth the Trinity, and we hope that that was such a gift and a blessing to you because it is Easter now. (laughs) And we're going to talk about something really beautiful. We're going to talk about the woman, uh, Mary Magdalene, this wonderful woman who's called the Apostle to the Apostles. And we can't wait to just talk about her heart and just to ask her intercession and just to see what she wants to teach all of us. But first and foremost, Lent, Heather and Michelle, Lent is over. The days are past. It is time for Easter. Happy (laughs) Happy Easter. My gosh. Happy Easter. Oh my gosh. Finally. Praise the Lord for the resurrection. Woo. Amen. Bring on the jelly beans, huh, Michelle? Yeah, we'll see. You know, I'm trying to be really good, but (laughs) she's such a good girl. But we will feast. So let us feast. We are in the Easter season. Happy resurrection. Here we go. Yeah. Happy resurrection. That's truth. I was going for a walk um, the other day and I noticed like there's this little, I I walk a lot in the cemetery, you know, and there's, it's all cement around the covering, you know, around like the walking space around the cemetery and uh, peeking up through one of the cracks in the, in the cement was a beautiful little flower, like some wildflowers. I'm like, ah, you know, like that's hope springs eternal, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My husband Jake is about to plant wildflowers in our field next to all our bees. And I'm so excited about what it could be. I'm so, so excited. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be beautiful. Michelle, are you planting yet? Is it time for you to plant? It will be. I'm waiting just a little bit longer, but probably by this week. I just bought some new pots actually this weekend. Mm, And so I was like, ooh, those are beautiful. And I stained some other ones, like whitewashed them so they look more French, funky pots. So yeah, 
bring on the flowers. You can't have too many flowers in your yard or around mm-hmm. your house. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Especially I love in the it. early spring, you know. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Bring on the flowers, not the pollen. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, we've excited about this. We've been thinking about a series, you know, as we've done Deborah and Hannah. And today we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene and just this wonderful woman who, when we originally talked about doing this, we all decided we want to do a little bit more research. And I learned some new things about her as well. I mean, there's so much written about her and just the, the conflation of Mary Magdalene with the person where we first meet Mary Magdalene is in the gospel of Luke chapter eight. And I was just telling um, Heather Michelle, it was funny because I was, as I was looking through this. It was just really great because chapter seven talks about the healing of the centurion slave and where then Jesus raises the widow's son and then the messengers of John the Baptist and then the pardon of the sinful woman. And then right after that, we meet Mary Magdalene. And it's just very nonchalant of how Luke says it. Chapter eight, he says, afterward, he journeyed from one town and village to another. It's like, it's like <laughs> of course he did. Like, after, I mean, yeah. why not? You yeah, know, no big deal. Like, he just healed all these people, <laughs> performed all these miracles. He wandered over to another village. It's just so <laughs> wonderful. It's just so great. And so we meet her there. So chapter eight, verse one and two, where it says, after, so afterward, he journeyed from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Accompanying him were the 12 and some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone. Joanna, the wife of Herod, steward, Chusa, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources, which even those couple verses, those three verses says a whole lot about a lot of mm-hmm. things. But something that we know about Mary Magdalene, and that's probably the most famous thing about her in a certain sense, is that she was somebody who had seven demons within her and that Jesus came and expelled them. Like he came and he healed her of the sickness. And some some say that the seven demons are synonymous with the seven capital sins, that she's a sinful woman. I mean, it just it's interesting what's said about her. But what we do know about her is that Christ came to her and he delivered her and mm-hmm. radically changed her life, like radically changed her life so much so that she now travels with the 12. What a chosen group of people. She travels with the 12 with some other women as well, and they provide for the disciples and for Christ and all the ministry out of their needs. So maybe Heather, for you, what are some things that stick out to you right mm-hmm. away? And we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene as the Apostle of Hope, but what do you what do you notice right away? Yeah, I mean, I can't, you can't help but be drawn in by the tenderness of Jesus and that he's not afraid to talk to, to encounter, to heal, like even the most lost, you know, that he really is living the, those, the scriptures that we hear in other places about, I'm going to go after the lost sheep. I'm going to leave the 99. Like these are the moments where he does that. And the hope that comes to that for us is that he will do that for us, that he is doing that for us, or he has done that for us and that we're never too far gone. That's what I hear in the story of Mary. That is the most hopeful for me. You're never too far gone. Michelle, how about you? I agree. And I love even how Pope Francis, we were researching her and he said he moved her feast day up to a feast day. Like she's an actual feast day in 2016 in the church calendar. And so like that he gave her recognition and it said that he put her on the same level with the apostles, giving her her feast. And I just loved that. And I think she's a perfect example where, like you were saying, Heather, not only does he go after the one, leaves the 99 to go after the one, he calls that one by name. He calls that one by this personal invitation Mm. and that he uses her as an example that he can redeem anything. And not Mm. only does he redeem anything, he encounters this personal relationship with her. Like in scriptural accounts, like there's some 
church teaching are, you know, stories that Jesus appeared to his mother first, which I would like to believe because mm-hmm. you better appear to your mama before you appear <laughs> to everybody else. But in the scriptural account, it is he appears to Mary Magdalene first, mm-hmm. you know, and that he would choose her. What a faithful, I mean, she's just a lover. What a faithful mm-hmm. lover she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just dive deep into her story and her story with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this quote, Michelle, you found this beautiful quote that's on our, our quote list and from St. Therese of Lisieux, where she says, most of all, I imitate the behavior of Mary Magdalene for her amazing or rather loving audacity, which delighted the heart of Jesus and has cast its spell upon mine. <laughs> mm. <laughs> just I, so beautiful. And I think I, I, when I think of Mary Magdalene and I think of her story and just the just her beautiful heart. And I, I often think of in the passion of the Christ, I love the character of Mary Magdalene, just this woman who so mm-hmm. intensely loves. And this woman who, as Pope Francis will call her an apostle of hope of this restoration of her life. But I think so many of us, and I, you know, all the three of us just in our own journeys and also just hearing the stories of so many women and so many men who really suffer from, you know, how can God really forgive me? Or how can God really love me after everything I've done? Or how can Mm -hmm. God continue to invite me as a disciple? Like what good can I do because I've done all these bad things in my past? And, and sometimes we're held back, back by these places. And we think somehow the Lord relates to us that way, or as if he's saying, well, you've done these bad things, so I can't trust you anymore. Or you've done these bad things, or you've, you know, you've made partnership with all kinds of stuff. And so you, you can't be trusted anymore. And so we, it's like we're stuck in this place. And I really was what I see Mary Magdalene just coming forward and revealing to our hearts is this the the like audacious, really, the audacious restoration of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Though he does not relate to us according to our sin and our brokenness. That is not how he sees us. He heals our sin, he heals our brokenness, and he sees us according to the whole of who we truly mm-hmm. are, so much so that like we're going to talk about, she's the first person that he appears to. It's because mm-hmm. of her love, because she's in the garden weeping. She's looking She's looking for him. And those who seek, find. And she mm-hmm. found him, the one whom her heart loves. It's just so glorious. I mean, there's just so much mm-hmm. we could say about that, you know? Yeah, I was particularly struck by this part in the Chosen series. And if people haven't seen it, I would recommend you just watch even just this episode. It's so incredibly beautiful. And it's not, you know, like a factual account of everything that happened, but they're taking themes about who God is, about his character, and making it into these scenes of like, what could have happened? What could have happened? And it's so human and so real and so tangible. And in watching the story of Mary, like it, you, it shows her as a child and she's reading the scripture with her father, you know, Isaiah 43, like I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. And Mm -hmm. she's reading this all throughout her childhood. And then things go wayward. Her whole life goes wayward. You know, all of these things happen to her. And when she encounters Jesus, those are the words that he says, and he's letting her know, I'm the one who called you Mm -hmm. by name. Like, it's just so incredibly beautiful. And she hears these words, like, and all of these memories come back to her, but he's calling her by name and her restoration in there is so incredibly beautiful. And I think we need things like that. And even just our reading of the scriptures to enter into what would it actually have been like for her? And, And as we go further into the story, what would it have been like for her to see, you know, Jesus die and to be weeping in the garden and then to have him come and say, why are you crying? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not only but why are you crying? She doesn't even recognize him. You know? Know. Oh, she doesn't so even recognize good. him. And I think one of the things like even Pope Francis called her the, you know, apostle of hope, our disciple of hope, and that she allows the Lord to surprise her. 
Mm-hmm. Like allows the Lord to bring wonder to her, allows the Lord to call her by name. And then she recognizes him in the garden. Like, I love that beautiful exchange. Mm-hmm. And there's something powerful. Like we even addressed it in the Elizabeth of the Trinity study. There's something so powerful about your name yes. being named. It brings wholeness. It brings mm-hmm. forth something. How we use our words and what we call things, words matter mm-hmm. and names matter and you know descriptions matter. And that we have a God that's so personal And I love when she calls, he calls her by name, Mary, and she says, Raboni, you know, and I was thinking about that this morning, reading this, prepare for this podcast and how, like, what were the, you know, like Heather was saying, put yourself in the scene. What were the inflections of his voice? What was Mm -hmm. the tone of his voice? I'm sure there was a tone in the way he said it, because there's something when you know someone personally, how Mm -hmm. they say your name, you know, there's Mm -hmm. certain people I love the way they say my name, or if I have a nickname, I love that they call me. There's Mm -hmm. something endearing about that. And so like, what was his inflections? And when Mm -hmm. he said her name, that her response was teacher. And I was reflecting on that this morning and this because he taught her a new way to live. He taught her how to live in fullness. And I was thinking that, isn't it so fitting that he appeared to her the first one after the resurrection? Because she, he didn't just put a bandaid on her heart. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like a little bandaid. He restored her completely. He Mm -hmm. resurrected her life also. Mm -hmm. And her heart was shut down, I'm sure, and closed and numb like ours can be at times. And after her encounter with him and her restoration, she had a heart that was fully flesh, you know, fully beating. And he taught her how to live a new way through his relationship with her. And that's just a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. That's what the Lord wants for all of us. Absolutely Mm -hmm. all of us. It's an invitation, not just for Mary Magdalene. It's an invitation Mm -hmm. for us all. It's true. We do get this impression, though, that restoration and healing will only come when we get to heaven. Mm -hmm. Until then, you know, and there is some of that that's definitely true. We've talked about this before, but when we read the story of Mary Magdalene, she didn't have to wait Mm -hmm. until heaven. It was her encounter with Jesus when that happened and occurred, and she let it happen, you know, and then she embraced it, and then she continued to follow him. and, And that teaches us a lot. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, forever. Like, it's not like suddenly now that we're not in scriptural times that he's going to withhold his restoration until we get to heaven, that he wants this for us now. There are certain parts of our hearts that, yes, the fullness of it will only be when we get to heaven, but we can experience restoration now. And he wants us to live in the power of his resurrection even now. Sister, what do you what are your thoughts about that? Oh gosh, what you both are saying is just so true. And this document, which comes from a, a speech that the Holy Father gave on May 17th, 2017, when he's talking about Mary as the apostle of hope, he says, Mary, the revolution of her life, the revolution mm-hmm. destined to transform the existence of every man and every woman, begins with a name, like what you're saying, Michelle, begins with a name that echoes in the garden of an empty tomb. He says, how beautiful to think that the first appearance of the risen one took place in such a personal way, mm-hmm. that there is someone who knows us, who sees our suffering and delusion, and who is moved by us, and who would call us by name. Uh, and then he goes on to say, so that woman who was the first to encounter Jesus now has become an apostle of the new and greatest hope. And that's I, I, I love that he draws out the personal nature of the appearance of, mm-hmm. appear, like, then that's how Jesus comes to us. Like, that's how we receive Christ is that it's this appearance of him in our tombs over and over and over again, <laughs> where we don't recognize him. How many times have Jesus, has Jesus come and we think he's the gardener? We just mm-hmm. don't even recognize him. He's He's coming like for a time such as this, he's coming now and he's coming in in resurrection now in my life. And so, so often I miss him and he has to call my name. 
He has to call my name so I can hear him. And one of our dear friends that uh, we have all of a mutual friend and one of our dear friends always says that, you know, when, when Mary Magdalene sees Jesus and he thinks he's the, she thinks he's the gardener, she's not wrong <laughs> because he actually is the gardener. Like he mm-hmm. is the bridegroom of the garden. He is the mm-hmm. new Adam. Adam was a gardener and Jesus Christ is the new Adam. And he is the divine lover. He is the one who tills the soil. He is the, this is his home in the song of songs. Like this is the bridegroom coming to each one of us, singing our name in a way that only we know. Like it says in Revelation that we'll have a new name only known mm-hmm. to us. You know, it's just like, oh gosh, it's so intimate. It's just so beautiful and just so mm-hmm. intimate of how the Lord knows us and sees us and and literally calls us by name. Mm-hmm. I love that. One Probably one of my favorite books, and that's saying a lot, is Madame LaEngle's Walking on Water. And she has this quote and it says, our names are part of our wholeness. To be given a name is an act of intimacy as power as any act of love. And she says, if naming can do all that, christen us into new life and release new growth, is the opposite also true? Can allowing things to remain unnamed and unacknowledged hold life back? Naming is powerful when it comes to people, but it's also powerful when other things as well. And I think that is just what Mary Magdalene lived. She allowed the things to name the areas that the Lord needed to restore and resurrect. Mm -hmm. And I just know for me in this Lenten season, and then now we're in the Easter season coming forth. And one of the things the Lord really has just put on my heart is to learn how to allow Him to delight in me. Mm -hmm. And I thought I knew it. But no, I didn't. I knew how to be loved to a degree. I knew that I know in my head that he delights in me, but to really experience in my heart and therefore return delight back to other people. You know what I'm thinking? But I can be cheer people on. I'm a happy person, you know, all this kind of things. But to delight, um, Sister Miriam was actually informing, is a term of intimacy. Like to really delight is an intimate area. And I was praying a few weeks ago and the Lord just like knocked me off my horse, whatever you want to say. Mm. But I was praying and we're just wrestling with the Lord about something. And I just got the sense that he was saying to me in prayer. He said, you've allowed me to deliver you, but you haven't allowed me to delight in you. Mm. And I just fell apart. I just started crying and weeping and Lord, just allow me. But there's something in me because of my story, because going back to childhood things, just the delight, there was a block there and mm-hmm. allowing the Lord to resurrect that and allowing the Lord to teach me, become Raboni, teach me a new way to live mm-hmm. and allow the Lord to call me by name and call me into wholeness in those places, in those mm-hmm. little places that needs to be delighted in. Mm-hmm. And so and that is an invitation like you are talking about, Heather, on this side of heaven. I'm sure there'll be plenty more for Inverse Store up there too. <laughs> but, you know, on this side of heaven, he wants mm-hmm. me to learn how to delight be delighted in and to delight in him in a deeper way. I think that's something good for all of us to sit with. Have we allowed ourselves to hear the voice of the Lord call us by name? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And especially as we hold closely within our memory and our hearts, the places where we are the most wayward, the places where we are the most broken, where we've sinned the most, where we feel the most shame. Like, are we able to hold that and say, Jesus, like, can I just hear your voice call my name here? Mm-hmm. Because I think we block off these parts and we're like, well, no, no, I can hear Jesus call my name now because like I like go to church and I like serve on this committee and I'm like really trying to pray my rosary and stuff. So like I can hear him call me now, but that's not the kind of God that we have. 
Like he wants to go right into those, like the deepest places of our hearts and he wants to be there. He wants to speak to us. He wants us to hear him right in those places. Like he doesn't shun those parts of us and welcome Mm -hmm. other parts. He welcomes the whole and he wants to make us whole. He wants to redeem Mm -hmm. all of it. And I think for many of us, we shut those parts off and we're like, okay, no, let's just like sort of act like that didn't happen or like Mm -hmm. I can't even go there. I want to act like that didn't happen because I'm so ashamed or whatever it might be. And I think the Lord Mm -hmm. is saying, like, will you let me see all of you? Like, will Mm -hmm. you let the fig leaves come down? Because I want to love you there. That's exactly where I want to love you. And when I've had the courage to really let God into those places, like, that's when it's been the most transformative for me. It's hard to be vulnerable in those places. It's so So hard. hard. so painful. You know, we can just be like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to take, I don't want to open this can of worms or I don't know where it's going to go. Where it goes, if we hold the hand of Christ, is it leads to redemption. It leads to restoration. Like, we are an Easter people. This is the God that we have. Like, these are the things that I think we have to hold the truth right in front of us where we struggle with doubt and fear mm-hmm. and shame. Like, this is, the, this is why he came. He's the Redeemer. He's the Savior. And he wants to save each of us in a very personal way. So I think that's the invitation for us this Easter mm-hmm. season. Gosh, what you guys are, what you're both saying is so incredibly tender and intimate and so vulnerable. And I'm, I'm thinking of what, as we, as we all listen to this, as this unfolds in each one of our hearts right now, each in its own individual way, you know what, if we're to be very honest, and if this is a season of resurrection, you know, what in our life needs to be named? Mm-hmm. What desires need to be named? What sin needs to be named? What sorrow needs to be named? You know, what part of us are we still exiling because we don't want to see that little girl, that little boy? And I I was reflecting recently, the Lord brought back a powerful memory that I hadn't thought about in a long time. And when I worked at this Catholic school in Seattle, we had a little boy for a couple of years who was just uh, such a delightful little boy, but just so troubled, just so mm-hmm. troubled. And his home life was a catastrophe and just such a... just. Oh, bless his little heart. And when he would melt down, that little boy would melt down, melt down. And there was nothing anybody could do. He was inconsolable. He was violent sometimes. He was defiant. He was, And sometimes what would happen with the only thing that could be done was that the principal, uh, she would come into the classroom. And what she would do is she would just kneel down and she would gently talk to him. And she would just take him by the hand. Mm. And she would take him by the hand and spend the rest of the day with him. She would take him to recess. She would take him to her office. He would sit there. She would take him out to the playground. And they would stand in the hall and greet the kids as they went by. And she was always hand in hand with him. Mm. And sometimes he'd be crying. Sometimes he would be okay. But the Lord brought that image back to my mind so powerfully lately as I continue to journey through the little parts of my own heart that are alone, that are afraid, that don't want to be named, that that are very tender and very that I'm very ashamed of. And I just... Ah, just had the image of Jesus saying, can I just take your hand there? Mm-hmm. I don't want to fix you. I don't want to like, just let me, let me just hold your hand here. Would you, could you hold your own hand also? Like, could you just give yourself permission just to let, I just want to hold your hand. I'm just going to take you around today. <laughs> just on these little places that just to hold your hand. And I wonder like in our own hearts, like what part of, if you're a woman, like part of that little girl inside needs to Jesus just to come and hold her hand. Or if you're a man, like what part of you inside needs that Jesus to come and hold the hand of that little boy inside? So he's safe. So he knows that no matter what's happening, he's connected. He's in communion. It's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. 
it's like a safe place where things can be named and desires can be named and delight can be experienced because we're being held by the hand of the one who brings eternal communion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful um, invitation to name it, like to allow yourself to name it. And I think, Heather, you alluded to it, Sister Rich is talking about it, that there's something intimidating sometimes and there's something scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, and you also were like, I don't want to just go digging up stuff because you also mm-hmm. realize when you recognize it and name it, you have to honor it, but you have to grieve it. Mm-hmm. And I think we're afraid of grieving some things are really yeah. like we had talked about previously on the podcast is lamenting about some things like yeah. really lament. And I love Henry now and has a quote to pray is to grieve mm-hmm. and to honor that and to really grieve. And I love it when I was just been reading and studying what lament means and even deeper And Michael Card, beautiful songwriter and author. He says, lament is the deepest, most costly demonstration of belief in God. Only mm-hmm. someone who is fully awake and engaged in life can lament. Mm-hmm. Lament only comes from the lips of those who know hunger and thirst, the true terrain of the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I think like Mary Magdalene was a perfect example. She was lamenting where, like with her whole body, with her whole soul, with her whole, where have you taken the one that I loved? You know, like she lamented, she in her fullness and she wasn't afraid of the pain and she wasn't afraid. And I think we avoid pain because we know it hurts, but really the, the, you know, the avoiding is more painful than actually going through. Mm -hmm. We cannot get to resurrection without the death but we wait in the Holy Saturday and we just want to park it and avoid it and deny that it's even happening. And so our whole lives are Holy Saturday on hold instead of Resurrection Sunday with the resurrection Mm -hmm. life. And the Lord is saying, come deeper. I've called you by name. And like sister said, I will hold your hand and we will Mm -hmm. go through this to get to resurrection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a powerful image to sit with, like where Jesus says, why are you crying? Mm -hmm. And, And I think that he asks each of us that, Heather, why are you crying and and not in a flippant way, yeah. but like, I think he wants to know. And I think that that would be a beautiful prayer time, like mm-hmm. for each of us to enter into, even if you've done it before, to to really place yourself in your imagination in the garden and and to hear Jesus say to you personally, tell me why you're crying. Tell mm-hmm. me, tell me all the things that you're crying about, like to allow that lament that you're talking about, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Say, this, this is why I'm crying. This is why. This is all the pain, Lord. This is all of it, to just let it come out. And Jesus mm-hmm. is also like, I want you to tell me because I'm the one who's going to wipe away your tears. Like, I'm mm-hmm. the one. I'm the promise. I'm the hope. Like, I am everything that that you need in these places that you have so many tears about. So mm. I'm really excited about this Easter season. And I think it's it's got to be more than chocolate eggs, although Amen. so good, so good, those mini eggs. But it's got to <laughs> be more than that, you know, that the 50 days like that we enter into it and really allow ourselves to experience the resurrecting power of Jesus in our own lives. Mm. And it's so interesting. We had a conversation with our teenage son last night. We were having dinner and some young adults were over and we were doing the Lexio for Sunday. And he was saying something, uh, he was talking about when he gets on the um, dopamine trail, that's what he calls it. He's like, when I want to get on the dopamine trail and like, just get, you know, he's so funny when he says, and our other son, Sam, our ninth grader, we were talking, he said, so what's the deeper issue? Mm-hmm. You know, and we were talking about it and he said, we, so we had this conversation, name the ache. What do you really want when you, you know, and he's like, I want connection. 
Like, yeah. yes, name the deeper e- thing. Was, mm-hmm. So I was like, boys, if you can learn how to name the ache, <laughs> yep. like it's going to say, like, what is the deeper thing? And, you know, and the Lord has just really been teaching me in deeper ways that even all of our sindal- sinfulness comes, the root cause is a place of woundedness. Mm-hmm. And, but at, even at the core is for a desire. Like, mm-hmm. what does Bob say? It's Dr. Bob say, Sister Miriam, like. So he says, uh, behind every disorder desire, is a good and holy desire, right? The unnamed ache, right? The ache that's good, an unmet need and an unhealed wound. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so for us, if we can name the ache and bring that to Jesus, then that also restores even our whole being, it brings us to wholeness, mm-hmm. brings us to you know peace, brings us to shalom, mm-hmm. because we're dealing with the brokenness and the sinfulness of our life, both, mm-hmm. and go deeper in that. Mm-hmm. And I think also we can look at it with, you know, like, oh, I don't want to go digging up stuff. Or we can approach it with holy curiosity. Mm-hmm. What is this ache in my heart? It is an adventure yep. with the Holy Spirit. What's going on in there? Why am I mm-hmm. doing what I do? Approach ourselves as students of ourselves with holy curiosity, you know, and see what the Lord reveals. Like He wants us to know the terrain of our hearts, like mm-hmm. He knows the terrain of our hearts also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, that's so true. Yeah. Oh, that's all so good. Yeah, because like what you're saying, you know, come because from that comes also like a hidden pattern of sin, right? Mm-hmm. If, which is the next step what Bob talks about. And so, yeah, those places. So, dear friends, yeah, what needs to be named? What needs to be named? What ache needs to be named? What lament needs to be named and grieved? And I love uh, Heather's invitation to us this week to really take those things into the garden and to let Jesus ask each one of us in all honesty, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Because there's a good reason why. Mm-hmm. There's a good reason why. And I, just wonder where for each one of us, where Jesus wants to take our hand and just to be with us and to bring us into communion and to speak of his resurrection life to us. It's not around the cross. It's not underneath it. It's not pretending. It's through it. It's it, the, the only way is through. The only way is through. And Jesus certainly goes through over and over and over again for us in every day in our mm-hmm. life. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, wow. Wow, y'all. Ooh. Yeah. It's interesting to see how these things unfold, isn't it, right? Like mm-hmm. where the Holy Spirit leads us. Because mm-hmm. uh, Easter one things, Heather Kim, Easter one things. What is your one thing, my dear friend? Well, last week I was just, you know, Saturday morning browsing around worship songs on YouTube as I do. I just as sometimes I love to. to do that as I want to. Um, there was a new song that came out that I was like, oh, so fun. Uh, the Dante one where he joyful mm-hmm. so cute such a cute song anyway I ended up coming across this song by Zach Williams <laughs> it's uh which I'm like I'm not a country person um it's not really my thing but Zach Williams singing no longer slaves I saw live that a year from ago. Harding was, prison yes. I have not seen that I was like why have I not seen this but he's in a prison singing no longer slaves and these prisoners just have their hands raised and they're just praying these words. And I was like a wreck watching this. It was so powerful. And I was like, yeah, this is the power of Jesus. This is the healing power of Jesus. So I thought just so perfect for the Easter season. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Zach Williams, No Longer Slaves, live from Harding Prison. Michelle, what's mm. your one thing? My one thing is actually just Easter. You know, I love everything about Easter that it so brings about new life. It brings about springtime. I think it's a sign for springtime and things are like coming to life here in Florida and just being outside and just, I love nature. Like I just love everything about it. I've been walking around taking pictures of in my neighborhood of all the different flowers that are blooming and all the different colors and the pops of color and just the technicolor of spring, I think is my one 
thing. Ooh, the technicolor of spring. That's very poetic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sister? Uh, my one thing is uh, just a message of delight. I just want to give a shout out to everybody at St. Mary's Parish in Mokina, Illinois. I had the delight of giving a parish mission there, which was quite unexpected. And they're just wonderful, the priest and the staff there. But I want to give a special shout out to Melissa and also all the women. They have a women's group there that's a mom's group. And there's about mm. 25 moms and they get together and they listen to our podcast and then they have a women's group and they have tons of little kids running around. And so they invited me to lunch with them one of the days while I was there. And I absolutely enjoyed every second of it. Every single one of those women is so stunningly beautiful and just such a lovely creation of God. And it was it was a pure delight for me to sit in their presence and chat with them and just to hear how their hearts have grown. And, and really, that's our heart for women, right? That they would come together and form small group communities. So I just wanted to, mm-hmm. um, just to give them a shout out. Y'all are just so lovely. And thank you for welcoming me so deeply uh, at my time at St. Mary's there. It was just a, a, a lovely joy. Absolutely loved it. So. Well, friends, happy Easter. And we just ask that Mary Magdalene would intercede for each one of us this week, that she would speak uh, her heart to us and her her audacious love of the one who was risen, that he may come and find us wherever we are and bring us into eternally a risen life. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.